the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Friday the 9th. You're tuned into Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full service law firms for West Virginia and Maryland. I mean, individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location, downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. Marsh, good morning. I'm unworthy to sit in the, you know, the. The presence of this celebrity, apparently you and the coach were quite the draw last night at Captain Metters. Yeah, we had our first coach's show, the Ernie McCook Show, uh, which you can hear live every Thursday from Captain Bender's Tavern in historic downtown Sharpsburg uh, over on 95.9 The Big Dog. And it was a good time. We were there uh, 7.30 to 8.30, and we could have talked until midnight, I think, mm-hmm. just about coach and about Shepard, about uh, coaching, about different things like that. So it was uh, it was nice. It was nice for the first ever Ernie McCook show over on 95.9 The Big Dog live from Captain Bender's Tavern. And live, I mean that because we were right in the middle of the bar mm-hmm. uh, hanging out. There were Shepherd fans there uh, all in their gear. I saw people there at 6 o'clock. I mean, I wasn't even there to set up yet. There that were people so, already ready so to hang exciting. out. So it was pretty neat. Yeah, it was pretty neat. And we'll talk cool. about it more uh, a little bit later on. Of course, we talked about it uh, on Panhandle Sports Live a little earlier. But we do have our first guest joining us on the line. And it is not Joe Bercato. <laughs> I promise this time it's not Joe Bracano. There is so much going on in the state, and here to help us understand all of it is Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney. Welcome in. Oh, hey, guys. Well, I mean, the thing is, I don't understand all of it, which is really the adventure that we're all on together. <laughs> Uh oh, we're we're in trouble. Yeah, that's not we, what you want to hear. We're we're looking to you to distill it all down. Well, uh, first of all, let's get to the to the to the big debate, which is happening here in um in the Eastern Panhandle. The the um square off between Jefferson County's 16th District Senator Patricia Rucker and Berkeley County's 16th District Senator Craig Blair uh, for the Senate presidency. Craig Blair, of course, is the sitting president. And uh, so a lot of movement has been happening on that. What do, you, what do you know so far? Man, yeah. I mean, since you bring up the Eastern Panhandle angle, you know, that's, that's truly an example of uh, the power that the Eastern Panhandle now has in the legislature. But, uh, you know, we've talked before, I think, about uh, Blair and the presidency and previously Senator Rucker with the Education Committee, uh, Eric Householder with uh, leadership of the House Finance Committee, um, you know, and the, the list goes on and on. Paul Espinoza being the, the whip in the House of Delegates. Uh, a lot of Eastern Panhandle representation in... Charles Trump uh, over in Morgan County? Of, uh, with the Judiciary Committee, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this is two Eastern Panhandle uh, well-known political figures going up against each other, um, traditionally have been allies, but going up against each other for leadership of the Senate, uh, that, that actual vote will take place in December among the Republican caucus. So it's going to be after the election, and 
you know, so the, there will be a, a new makeup of the Senate. So, for example, um, the race between um, Jason Barrett and Hannah um, Gefford, uh, Gefford uh, whoever wins that race, if, if Barrett were to win, he would be someone who would vote um, on the Republican side mm-hmm. for, um, for the president. I, you know, I, I think that, that this is a sign of sort of the complications of having a supermajority. You know, I, I think people look at having those numbers and think, well, you could just push anything through that you wanted. But the, the fact is, even within your Republican caucus, there are different views and people in different areas of the political spectrum and people with different ideas about how things should be done and you just get these growing pains after a while and um, maybe a sense of restlessness. And so now here we are with, with Senator Rucker. You know, she's she clearly is challenging Senator Blair, which which speaks unto itself. But her 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 way of speaking is, is pretty polite, um, pretty, pretty civil. And she has not really blasted him. But you can read between the lines that, that her main issue is it's kind of a management style, a leadership style issue. Um, and so, you know, she's going to leave it up to the caucus, but, but it's, it's mounting a challenge to the existing leader of that caucus. Well, it also sounds as though they're squaring up as far as um, some of the, the keystone issues. She, she, she indicated that there wasn't as much movement as she had hoped, and I'm just trying to frame this as politely as possible on the tax reform uh, issue. And then also there, it, there are factions that seem to be forming among the conservatives uh, in, in the Republican party, as far as who can be more pro-life than the others. Uh, a lot of name calling happening already, whenever the idea of a, a carve out for, um, or an exception loophole for the health of the, of the mother or uh, in cases of race, rape and incest, um, that uh, there there were some folks, some factions in the Republican Party that said, you know, this is a, a loophole that needs to happen. Others that said uh, pro-life is pro-life is pro-life. Um, and uh, and they they became entrenched in that. So I think part of, you know, part of her issue is is that. Um, and then, of course, there's the education choice. Um, I, I think maybe she felt as though there wasn't as much protection as far as um, school choice and the whole issues with the Hope Scholarship that are, you know, still in play. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot to read into this. Some of that could possibly get resolved during this interim session, right? Well, maybe. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what you just, just described, I think, is definitely a major factor is sort of a, a pent-up frustration about some of these major issues that, again, you, if you were a part of that supermajority or, um, you know, a Republican in West Virginia who, who has these sort of values of, of uh, probably a general pro-life position on abortion and maybe wanting taxes to be as low as possible, uh, these are areas where the legislature has really had a hard time and been split and had a hard time reaching consensus to, to, to move. Um, on the tax issue, the Senate leadership has wanted to lay the groundwork for lowering property taxes. And, well, to do that, you know, you've got to assure that the West Virginia citizens will give you the, the power to do it through the upcoming constitutional amendment vote. And then on 
abortion, boy, that, that the special session that we've already had the last of a week just, I mean, it, it just fizzled in the end um, with, with frustration that, that all lawmakers across the board who I think would consider themselves broadly pro-life couldn't reach agreement on whether doctors who perform abortions should be subject to criminal penalties where they might go to jail um, or the kinds of exceptions that would apply to rape or incest. Uh, so so those, those issues within the broad issue, they just broke into factions and couldn't come up with legislation that could, could get all the way. And I, I don't know, I mean, Speaker Hanshaw has, has talked about just taking the incremental step of forming a conference committee uh, to to meet with their Senate counterparts to to begin trying to resolve differences, but it sounds like the Senate is not going to take that step to name conferees. So I'm, I'm still not sure how any progress moves forward. So I mean, I, I think that, that those examples of even with supermajorities, major things that you just can't reach agreement to get done is causing this dissatisfaction where a challenger like Senator Rucker arises to take on the current leadership. And this, a similar thing is happening in the House of Delegates where uh, Speaker Roger Hanshaw, who's from Clay County, has uh, a challenge from one of his own leadership team, uh, Brandon Steele, the Government Organization Committee Chairman, who's from Raleigh County. Uh, and, and Steele has mentioned, you know, he just thinks things are not moving at, at the pace he'd like to see, you know, what he would consider progress. Brad, Brad McElhenney is with us. He's uh, helping us kind of uh, figure out what direction the Senate and the House might take. Now, the, the interim session is coming up, right? So what what will be the prevailing issue there? Yeah, I mean, lawmakers have these, these interim meetings anyway about once a month. And I think in November they're coming to Morgan County, so they are making a journey to the greater K- eastern Panhandle mm-hmm. area. Kekapin. Um Yeah, I mean, and these are these are good things to do, but they don't often generate headlines. They're like off-season discussions and updates on uh, where policy issues stand in West Virginia. So uh, not sexy, but, but helpful. And those interim meetings are this month, this weekend, beginning Sunday, Monday, Tuesday in Charleston. But... The, the special session that we had in late July uh, didn't really completely adjourn. It's just sort of on hiatus. And so what Speaker Hanshaw has said he would do is is resume it, uh, but, but for a very narrow goal, which is just setting up this conference committee that I, I spoke of, naming, naming members, three Republicans and two Democrats, uh, to meet theoretically, with their Senate counterparts to, to talk about the abortion issue and try to figure out where they could reach some agreement. Um, it, but again, Senator Blair, when, when that was announced, Senate President Blair said, well, we don't have any consensus in our caucus. We're not ready. I'm not going to do it uh, just to sort of butt heads and go nowhere. Uh, so if the House names its conference committee members, which is something that, that Speaker Hanshaw said would take maybe 15 minutes on Monday. And the Senate doesn't. I mean, you've got conferees and nobody to confer with. 
so, you know, I, I, I am unfortunately here to tell uh, you kind listeners that, that there still may be no progress on this abortion issue. I mean, Speaker Hanshaw told, told Hoppy when he was on this week that he would like to, you know, come up with some policy in West Virginia and pass a bill before the November elections. But it's it, it, progress has been so slow and so herky-jerky on, on, on trying to find consensus for an overriding policy in West Virginia. It, it is beginning to feel like me that it might require the, the full 60 days of a regular session just to sort of consider a bill, uh, you know, fully and send it through the whole process. So I have to ask you, I, I neglected to ask you this earlier, but um, regarding Patricia Rucker and uh, and Craig Blair, the two senators from the Eastern Panhandle who, are, who will now be vying for that Senate presidency, she was uh, apparently offered a position with the Department of Education. So what, what was that about? Yeah, and it was not only that she was offered, it was sort of the time and place that she was offered. Um, but there was a meeting I, well, before Labor Day, so late August, I guess, I think August 29th. It was in the president's office, and, and several people, including the president, Senator Rucker, uh, the new education chairwoman, Amy Nicole Grady, a couple more senators, and at least at one point in the meeting, a couple of representatives from uh, the State Department of Education. And Senator Rucker uh, knew she was going in that meeting, I believe, uh, to be removed as education chairwoman. And Senator Grady was going to be named to that spot. Well, you know, in the course of that meeting, everyone agrees that, that Senator Blair pitched this this role to be sort of a liaison to alternative education in West Virginia, charter schools, uh, the Hope Scholarship, uh, micro schools, all, all those things to, to, to work for the Department of Education and, and extend outreach, um, which, you know, maybe fine, that may be a, a job that is, is necessary. Uh, I, I often sense the communication between the traditional education department and these, these new offshoots or, you know, maybe maybe need some work. But it's, you know, I, I did write a story about it, and I am not necessarily ready to render judgment myself on uh, whether this was right or wrong or whether there was an ethical lapse, but I, I felt like the, the time and the place of that job offer made me raise my eyebrows, and it was worth putting it out there for the public uh, to determine, you know, if they think that that was appropriate. It. Senator Blair, when the, when the story hit, he, he gave me a call, and he was, he was not happy about it. It had quoted him extensively as saying that, that Senator, he said Senator Rucker was the perfect person for this job. Um, but, you know, his, his view was that it, that was his motivation, that, that, that he saw a need and believes that she was, was good for the job. Um, and he would, I think, defend himself on the idea that it was – his view was that the story insinuated that, that he was trying to shuffle her off to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 I think that that question is, is why it's a story. 
Um, again, I, I, I don't know what the motivation was or, or what the incentive was for him uh, to, to pose that job possibility. And the other question, I think, and, and it's one that Senator Rucker got to when I talked to her about it, was, you know, he's the president of the Senate, and is it his role to be offering, to be creating and offering jobs for an agency of the state government that's not in the legislative branch? Um, so these are all questions that are out there. I, I tried to ask uh, all of those who uh, were involved, particularly uh, Senator Blair and Senator Rucker, their views of what happened at this meeting. Uh, I, I do know from from having talked to Senator Rucker about it, she found it uh, odd, <laughs> unappealing, and uh, didn't didn't believe that it was really the Senate president's goal to offer that job. Yeah, we're speaking with Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhaney. Unfortunately, we have to get to our first break of the night, or of the day, rather. Can you tell I'm already, my brain's yeah, a couple hours You're forward. still at Captain Meadows, aren't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but Brad, thank you for joining us uh, on Panhandle Live this morning. If you want to read a little bit more in depth about that story, you can find it over at WVMetroNews.com. But again, Brad McElhaney, thank you. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Take care. Let's stick around for more Panhandle Live here on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full service law firm serving us Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And Marsha, yesterday uh, was a good day. But it was also a sad day with the Queen of England passing away. Uh, and I think, I mean, everybody was kind of expecting it at this point right. to happen, of course. I mean, as old as she was into her mid-90s. But it was always going to be a sad thing. And it was for a lot of people around the world. Well, and it, and it, the celebrations of her life continue yeah. uh, for apparently 10 days. This will will occur. And, and you know, it's, it's kind of interesting uh, how much coverage all of this gets. You know, I was listening to... The, one of the top of uh, the hour casts on on a network was saying, "Oh, the, here's where her body will be here today. It will be yeah, here. Yeah, like we're going to be able to go over and see it. <laughs> so it's very, very interesting, um, you know, how they'll lay her to rest. Obviously, this is, you know, in, in our lifetime, we've not seen this. Yep. Um, uh, for for many people, Which even in 75 years, 74 years, I think she's on the crown. Or 71. 71. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the interesting thing, and I think this is the case, no matter who it is who's passing away, you always seem to learn more nuances about the person's life. And and uh, I'm seeing all of these different stories come up on my social media about her great faith, and obviously some of the um, the ways that she served her people even before she became mm-hmm. a queen. Uh, she was actually a military veteran in World War II. And um and then I was watching doc- as I mentioned to you I, I watched like three documentaries last night. <laughs> well, you could I mean you couldn't help but not do it. Right, and they were talking about how she it, this one documentary went through the decades of her reign and talked about how she dealt with some of the more difficult periods of her um, monarchy, which happened to mm-hmm. be related to her children. <laughs> yeah, you know, and all of the kind of uh, the circus that was their personal lives. Well, what I always thought was interesting, and I found this out through watching The Crown, I think it was the first season or whatever, but uh, she wasn't 
that highly educated, like formally educated. So she, I mean, got thrust into this position as a world leader uh, at, what was it, like 21 years old, something like that? And they didn't, you know, as she was growing up, she was, you know, she was royalty, but she wasn't, she wasn't next in line to the throne by Mm -hmm. any you know, no one was training her. At least not for a while. Yeah. She was treated in a very special way and, and brought up with, with manners. And as you mentioned, pretty much homeschooled. She yeah. got she got tutelage. You know, they brought tutors in, um, but not, you know, a university education mm-hmm. or anything like that. And I don't think that they anticipated that Elizabeth would be yeah. the queen. Right. And then, you know, once she was given the crown um, after her father passed away at a young age, uh, she found out fairly quickly that she didn't know what was going on. She'd be talking to like military people or, you know, business leaders and stuff and didn't have any idea what they were talking about. And she felt, you know, self-conscious about that. Of course, as the queen, she needs to be the person that knows everything about everything. So she started putting herself uh, of course, she didn't like go get a job at McDonald's to put herself through school or anything, but she put herself through, uh, you know, formal education to get to that. And that's just among other things that she was doing, you know, while running a country through world wars and, mm-hmm. um, you know, financial breakdowns and things. It, her life was definitely an interesting. One. It's very polarizing, of course, depending on who you talk to. Uh, you'll, they'll say one thing about her. You talk to somebody else, they'll say another thing about her. But all in all, I mean, she was an incredible uh, woman and lived an incredible life. Yes, and you can hear, obviously, a lot of reflections on uh, a lot of different networks about her life, um, and I'm sure we'll learn learn even more, but you had some interesting facts about her. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know who dropped this in here. Did you put this in here? Mm-mm. I didn't either. Maybe it was Parker. Oh, it's front and back. All right, so she had two birthdays, apparently. April 21st, uh, and her f- official one on a Saturday in June when the weather was better. Right. Didn't know that. Uh, it's she's because got, her her dad said he didn't want people to be to suffer going out and trying to you know do a, huh. a state event. Yeah, you know. Um, she sent her first email in 1976. The only monarch. Yeah, she's been very uh, technology forward. Uh, she has no choice. I Enjoyed guess. wee bowling apparently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine picturing the Queen of England Adorable. in Buckingham Palace mm-hmm. in this huge hall on a little TV playing wee? bowling i hope she trash talked her great-grandchildren i bet she did she was a pretty uh witty lady (laughs) she's pretty um she her first radio broadcast during world war ii in 1940 which you heard some of yesterday uh, on panhandle live and we were just talking about it she never attended school she was homeschooled so the um you know we that broadcast excerpt that we had you can hear it again um by looking on panhandle lives Mm -hmm. facebook or spotify um, that was from her vow, uh, in 1947 In 1940, she was, uh, 13, I think 13 or 14. And the, the children in London were being evacuated out to the countryside. Families in the country were taking in these children as evacuees, um, because of the, the risk of bombing, you know, Germany was bombing London. And so a young Elizabeth and her sister, uh, were, you know, they, they spent a little time away from, um, from London, but she addressed, Elizabeth addressed the other children in London saying, mm-hmm. I know it's going to be scary to be away from your family. We, we know what that feels like and was very comforting even at 13 before she was any kind of, you know, before she had any, had ascended to the throne. Yeah. Now I know you said earlier you couldn't get into it, but the crown is amazing. They do a pretty good job uh, covering all that How's stuff. How's your family holding up? Uh, the group chat, the family chat was definitely active yesterday with uh, with Buckingham Palace watch. And then, uh, of course, once it the news broke, my, my sister was devastated. And, uh, yeah, it was an interesting day. But here's the last two I'll give you before we have to get to our uh, next break here. Uh, she once visited the set of Game of Thrones and stood by the Iron Throne. Go figure. 
Uh, and then finally, and I can get down with this. Maybe I'll start doing this to extend my life expectancy a little bit. Maybe you can get behind this too, Marcia. <laughs> she drank a glass of champagne every night. Wow. Every night. Glass of champagne. It says just one. Mm-hmm. So she and they say that you do that with wine and stuff, yeah, right? If you're the queen, you do what you want to do. But I, the one thing that I was on that show prep sheet that I heard yesterday, I thought was fat or read yesterday. She communicated communicated to her staff. She had a, a purse, and whether it was on the table or on one side of her, or on the left or on her arm, it indicated, you know, get me out of this conversation. Oh, I guess they're doing or that I with need my to coffee leave cup. The room. Right. I was going to say you could bring a purse in. And <laughs> yeah. Just like okay, time yeah, to get. Can you imagine if I put up and just put a bright red purse up on the table. If you, time if you do that. that, I'll be like, the segment needs to end right now. we got to talk about this off air. <laughs> the eject button is the bright right. red purse. Well, hopefully our next guest doesn't see the bright red purse. It's going to be Craig Cockrell from Berkeley Springs High School fishing team. They're doing such great stuff. We talked to him earlier in the spring. He was chatting about, you know, kind of what uh, the fishing club is and what that brings uh, to the kids out at Berkeley Springs and the kids out at Morgan County. So, uh, well, they've gotten a whole spring, summer, and the beginning of fall in so we'll see uh, what they're finding out there on the riverways, waterways of Morgan County and the Panhandle of West Virginia. Extend it. So stick around. It's coming up after the break here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at SuttonAndJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. And Marsha, we talk a lot of sports on Panhandle Sports Live uh, that you can hear before Panhandle Live every morning or, or and on Panhandle Live. But uh, it's usually the normal stuff. It's your baseball, it's your football, it's your basketball. You know, things people are uh, used to talking about, things mm-hmm. that you're used to talking about now. Because you're turning in such a sports expert, Marsha, believe it or not. I'm finding my niche. Yeah, you are. You're finding your spot. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Beat the Irish this weekend. Uh, But one thing that we've talked about in the past but haven't talked about in a while, uh, well, is high school fishing. Yes, there's high school fishing out there, and it's happening right here in the Panhandle. Specifically, That's right. And specifically out in Morgan County with the Berkeley Springs High School Fishing Team. And joining us is uh, Craig Cockrell. Craig, how you doing? Hey, pretty good. And uh, you also brought somebody else with you. Yep, brought Owen Kemmer. He's uh, currently our Angler of the Year uh, points leader. So it's he's so cool. Here. So so Owen, welcome in. Welcome. Uh, so you're an eighth grader. <laughs> yep. And you're just you're just tearing up the the scores, right? You're the Angler of the Year, all that. Yep, apparently. So, so say, tell us what you're uh, out there catching. I mean, you bass fisher, you trout guy. What are you doing? Anything? Uh, for tournaments, I fish for smallmouth bass, and for fun, I fish for a trout and any creek chubs small so do you put fish. the you put the big bobber on there and just let it sit so how you do it yep yeah that's how i would do it you throw it up river and let it come down then you don't got to do any of the work but i do see that you got a sling on your right arm there now is that a fishing related injury or what happened with that <laughs> uh football got a hard hit yesterday oh man that'll happen that now he's on the dl for the fishing team because of his injury on the <laughs> well i asked him i asked him if that was his casting arm so is it yep oh man brutal it's like a pitcher apparently the doctor they gave him the green light to fish september 18th so. look at that well so, so what's good. going on september 18th yeah so september 18th that's one of our regular season tournaments will be out at rocky gap so that's actually a new place for us so mm-hmm. we're looking forward to it i know there's some big uh some big bass in rocky gaps lake that's for sure yeah, I've seen that before, especially because they, they I don't 
think they let motorboats out there. Maybe small engines, but uh, it's all just a you know boat and a paddle. And I think that I think that would have to make the fish a little bigger, right? I mean, do you know Owen? Do you know anything about the lifespan of fish? Does uh, the lack of kind of I don't know petroleum stress? in the yeah, yeah gas? And, I guess does that make them grow a little better? Do you know? And props going in the yeah. in the river. Uh, I guess so. They they don't get scared as much. Yeah, uh, they don't get nervous when they see you on the bank or anything. They go flying away. Yeah. Well, uh, Craig, tell us a little bit about the Berkeley Springs High School fishing team, especially for people that might just be hearing about this for the first time. I mean, is it like football where you got games on Friday, you got a match on Friday, going to the creek, or like what's the what? What is the high school fishing team? Yeah, so we've we've tried to fish pretty much every month. You know, we fished every month in the spring, and then we fished uh, starting. Well, we fished in June, and then we took a little bit of a summer break, mm-hmm. and then we fished in the fall. But, uh, yeah, we're kind of a unique um, club. You know, we got a lot of volunteer captains uh, get kids out on the water that are in middle school, high school, mm-hmm. and um, that don't really get a chance to go, that might not have a, access to a boat. Um, yeah. You know, but we also got a couple uh, fathers that, you know, fish and take their sons out. So. That's got to be a pretty cool thing for, you know, the dad. Be like, It's always cool to go fishing with your dad, right? But then go fishing competitively competitively with your dad it's gotta be pretty cool too right right yep it's really cool so yeah and we you know try to keep the biggest five fish and bring them back and weigh them in first couple tournaments we had to paper tournament so not not as exciting yeah but uh you know it was really it was it was fun so some of the break this down for me okay so do the do the kids come with their own equipment is that preferable do they do you have your own you have your favorite fishing rod? Do you have like a special? You gotta have your favorite fishing rod. Yeah, I got a, I got a new one not too long ago. I like it a lot. And so it, they're different. Like some, some are better than others. Yeah, right? definitely. So what kind of a what what kind of fishing rod are you using in the competition? Hold it, wait, <laughs> you can't let him. You can't ask him to relay secrets. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to ask him what's his favorite. Maybe he's got a sponsorship deal in the wings somewhere. Who knows? There's okay. big money in fishing. All right. <laughs> Answer only the questions that you want to answer, Owen. <laughs> All right. Well, here, I'll ask you this one. Because when I go fishing, I, well, I used to fish a lot. I don't fish nearly as much anymore. But uh, I was using just normal open reel reel, right? Because that's kind of the easiest way to do yeah, it. Spin and then, reel. Yeah, spin and reel. And then um, I decided, you know, I've been doing this enough. I can do uh, kind of the bait caster reels. But as soon as I let that thing go the first time, it went and the whole thing just exploded in front of me. So You're that guy. You're that guy, You're oh, that guy yeah. on the and, side. Of and the next thing I know, I'm cutting through, you know, $40 worth of fishing line. Uh, but what kind of, uh, what's your setup? What's oh, your setup when you're going fishing? Yeah, I got spinning reels. And I like casting reels a lot too, though. For yeah. different spinner baits and different kind of baits you use. So what's the what's the trick with the caster reels? What's the trick? Because I told you, I did, I had me one time, I took it off the uh, rod and put another one back on, and we were done. I never used it again. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of practice, but you got to you gotta work with your thumb and hand-eye coordination, I guess. How long, have you been, how long have you been fishing? Uh, I can remember being little, fishing in ponds and just around the, my parents' farm, grandparents' farm. And how long, or who who taught you how to fish? Was it anyone in particular? Uh, my dad used to fish a lot. I I have pictures of him with bass and all, but I don't. I can't remember, specifically remember anybody hmm. teaching me. So you just enjoyed it, and you got better and better and better. Yep, kept practicing. Yeah, now look at you. Now you're leading the high school fishing team in points. Oh, he's got a heck of a captain. Yeah, <laughs> Carl Smith. He's my. 
He's my captain. I love him a lot. Why is that? He's he's like father to me. Is that right? That's so cool. Mm-hmm. That is neat. Yeah, it, he's been fishing the river for a long time. Knows what he's doing. So he's, you know, couldn't ask for a better captain for this kid. So, so do all of the uh, team members go out in a boat? then or are you guys fishing off the shore at all putting the waders on and walking out a little bit yeah i mean we're pretty much all boat tournaments this year we did try a pond tournament so actually one of the captains kirk beto uh was gracious enough to invite us out to his place we had a pond tournament we had what's called a perch jerker tournament so we just weighed (laughs) weighed i feel like i gotta make sure i get the sensor button (laughs) ready if you say that again (laughs) this is a family show So that's just where you weigh everything that's legal and, you know, whoever has the most weight wins. So, hmm. and my son ended up catching like a three pound bass. So no way. I took it. Yeah. So how has the year been for you? I mean, has it been a, is a successful year? I mean, has it been fun? I'm sure it's been fun. Well, I would say it's been fun. Hopefully Owen says it's been <laughs> yeah, fun. Yeah, it's been fun for us. <laughs> um, yeah, but we fished a lot this year. We fished the river in May. We were supposed to fish in April, high water. Mm went in may at four locks and then we went in may towards the end of may to uh, jenny's randolph mm-hmm. nice. and that was a great tournament we that's caught, a big lake i know my boat uh, the the kid that was fishing with me zach birch we caught i don't even know 25 fish maybe and what's that feel like that's got to feel pretty good because i watch fishing tournaments none of and us stuff. know none of it, <laughs> i know i watch on this uh, side of the yeah we don't know i watch like curtis fleming fly rod chronicles and whatnot the west virginia guy uh, and they're just out there and of course it's on tv right but you throw a line throw uh Bait in the, in the water, bang. As soon as it hits, they got a fish. Maybe that's it editing. Out, bang, they do it yeah, again. Yeah, with editing, you can be a pretty good fisherman. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's See? true. Maybe that's what I got to do. Maybe I'll still t- start telling people I'm a good fisherman Owen and just cut out. Owen yeah. doesn't need the editing, though. So uh, it, break this down for me. Uh, in tournaments, are you guys competing against other members of the Berkeley Springs High School team, or are there other regional teams that you're also competing against? Yeah, so um, right now we're fishing just our regular season kind of tournaments um, where team members are competing against each other. And like I said, Owen's leading Angler of the Year points race. So we do points for helping out at events. So we did like the Morgan County Sheriff's Camp, and um, we're supposed to do a Girl Scout event tomorrow at Kakapin. So, you know, the kids get points for those events. And then also points for winning tournaments and, you know, the weight that they bring in but uh yeah so we're fishing right now against each other in the club mm-hmm. and then next spring we're really going to make a swing for it and try to go to the state championship Ooh, where's that going to be I, you know so they don't they haven't scheduled it yet this past spring it was in the ohio river and Ooh. it was <laughs> yeah, that five dollar a gallon <laughs> gas yeah. it was it was a long ride so we kind of skipped it this year um hmm. but i'm hoping to do it uh, cool. this coming year and we're speaking with Owen Kemmer and Craig Cockrell from the Berkeley Springs High School Fishing Team. Uh, real quick, because we have to get to our last break here in a few minutes, let people know where to, uh, where to go to find out more about the fishing team if they want to get involved, maybe sign up. Yeah, we got a uh, Facebook page, uh, the Berkeley Springs High School Fishing Team Club. Mm-hmm. I, you put enough words in there, it'll You'll come find up. It. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we got a Facebook page. It's a good place to you know keep up with our events. We post pictures of all our tournaments and volunteer events, and then uh, yeah, we'll, we're going to have a fishing show again next year, so I'm sure I'll be back to talk about that. Okay, so Owen is an eighth grader. You're an eighth grader, mm-hmm. and you could be doing this you know, your whole high school career, but apparently you're also doing football. Yeah, I play football for Warm Springs Wolves Middle School. Very nice. nice. Now, uh, before we let you go, Owen, i got to get you, put you on the spot a little bit. 
course. Every good fisherman, every good angler has got a great fishing story. You got one and maybe one that got away or that big fish that you just couldn't quite get your phone out in time to take the picture of before it jumped back in the water. Got any good fishing stories? Uh, my personal best, I was fishing with Carl and, uh, yeah, it was it was early in the morning and a couple casts in, I hooked one real big. It was almost four pounds, smallmouth. Mm. Wow. That ain't bad for smallmouth. Yeah, that we that I ended up landing. And getting pictures of. Oh, so he has proof. Yeah. Well, my good fishing story, and I'll keep it short. Uh, when I was up in Kaiser, West Virginia, you could fish on the North Branch, right? And there was this one specific spot where you always heard it was a mythical spot. You could put just a dry hook in there, and you bring it through, and it'll catch something, right? So I'm in there with my buddies. Got to hike through all these weeds and stuff to get down there. And we're fishing, we're fishing, nothing's coming up, right? So I'm like, let me just try it, right? Let me walk up here to this spot everybody's talking about. Let me put a, a just an old spoon spinner bait, right? Uh, let me put this out in the water and see what happens. So I chuck it in there, and it all of a sudden, bang, it's like an uh, alligator hit this thing, right? <laughs> so I'm staring, I'm like, what? I'm trying to reel it in, trying to reel it in. And I'm like, man, this thing feels like a rock. And then all of a sudden, it lets go. Guess what it was hooked on? A rock. <laughs> so I'll say, yeah, the rock bass was was on my side that day. The stick bass and the rock bass will always get you. But again, we've been speaking with Owen Kemmer and Craig Cockrell from the Berkeley Springs High School fishing team. Thank you for coming in and chatting about this. It's always cool to hear about the fishing team and what you guys are up to. And Owen, keep up the good work and try and stay a little bit more healthy next time, all right? Yep, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us. No problem. If you missed any of this conversation, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News, or Panhandle News Network and Panhandle Live Facebook page. But stick around. We'll be back to wrap things up on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Live and local, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firms from West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street, you can always find them online at setandenginell.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. If you missed it for the break, we had Owen Kemmer and Craig Cockrell from the Berkeley Springs High School fishing team on to talk about, well, the great season that Owen's having and just, you know, Berkeley Springs fishing in general. That's such a cool team to have at it your is. school, you know? I would have yeah. loved to have been on the fishing team back in the day. Oh, yeah. Would you have chosen it over football? It sounds like Owen I think can you can do, do it. I, yeah, that seems like something you could definitely do both, mm-hmm. you know? Especially Very if you cool. had, as like a senior, I could see if you could work out the schedule right. Maybe if you did half classes somewhere else mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever, and you could work it out where you can go get some fishing in the middle of the day. Or, right. You know, and then still have to go, and then still have your practices go too. So I think there's there's always a way to, to do it. But I think that's just so cool that there's an option like that. So speaking of football and being very busy, of course, uh, you you showed me some great pictures of um, last night, the setup at Captain Bender's, and it sounds like it was well-received and and will be for the rest of the season. Yeah, it was awesome. We had our first uh, episode of the Ernie McCook Show, heard over on 95.9 The Big Dog, uh, every Thursday live from Captain Bender's Tavern um, at 7.30. And, well, it was burger night last night, Marcia, so I didn't get the fish and chips. I did give you a shout-out talking about the fish and chips, though. I don't know if you heard it towards the end of the show. Um, but it's it's a great atmosphere there. I mean, there's shepherd people, uh, you know, the ship, the Captain Bender's people are shepherd people. Mm-hmm. They they uh, cater the gridiron club before games, food for that. Very and um, cool. yeah, it was neat. They had a flag made for us with the big dog logo and the Rams logo. But to, got to sit there and chat with head coach Ernie McCook for well, over an hour, really. We went past our allotted time. We had to uh, kind of move things around to, you know, get back up with the station. But kind of it was interesting. And I was a little nervous about it. 
Well, mainly a because I'm a worrywart as it is, which you know that at this point. But two, uh, it was going to be a show just really talking about coach this week because there uh-huh. wasn't much to talk about from the game last week, and there's really not a ton to talk about previewing this game coming up uh, tomorrow. So uh, it was going to be all about Coach McCook, and though guys like Coach McCook never want to talk about themselves, right? right? And they hate talking about it. They'll tell you they hate talking about themselves, but luckily Coach was down, and um, he's had such an interesting, you know, pathway. To Shepard that um, it made it easy to talk about. And then, of course, we talked about some of the players and Bajit and Dwayne Grantham and the like. So, yeah, it was nice. It was a good time. There was a great crowd there. Oh, yeah. And and I'm sure they were excited to to actually hear him. And mm-hmm. and as the weeks progressed, do you think it will be more, um, you know, he'll have some of his players in? Oh, yeah. And that? Yeah, we got, we got a couple things uh, lined up as it goes on. It'll be every Thursday out of Captain Bender's Tavern. It'll be coached for the first half, and then uh, we'll mix in some other things for the second half hour of the show. Maybe uh, some hot wings thrown in there. Maybe something. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. It'll be a good time. We got some things in the works, but if uh, you weren't able to tune in or you didn't know that it was happening over on 95.9 The Big Dog, you can listen to the whole episode again over on our Facebook page and, of course, the Big Dog page as well. Uh, just search WPM and WCSD, the Panhandle News Network. You'll see the big uh, ad for the Ernie McCook Show. Lots of Sports happening on on three different stations yep. uh, in our in our cluster here. So tonight, the game of the week: Jefferson versus Musselman. Pre-game at six fifty on this station, WEPM WCST, with uh, Luke Wiggs on the call, and you're doing color. Right? Yep. You guys are both going to be there. Yep. And then Saturday, it's Berkeley Springs High School versus Braxton County. The pre-game at twelve forty-five on ninety-two-nine WXDC with Parker Stone. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow also, Shepherd University versus Edinburgh. Preview at 11, I think he said. Yep. Um, 95.9, the big dog. That's right. So uh, you got, we got all your sports covered for you here uh, on the Panhandle News Network and, of course, our sister stations, 92.9 WXDC and 95.9, the big dog. But that pretty much shows you what my weekend's going to look like, Marsha. What's your weekend going to look like? Well, you got a nice new haircut. Thank Looks you. great. Well, did, uh, and- did I say anything before Eddie did? Um, actually my poor husband wouldn't know that I had hair right now. He, I guess he got, he picked up some chicken somewhere. I'm not going to oh, name where. No. And, uh, he's having some stomach troubles oh. and low key. He's on the couch. He's like, am I warm? I think I'm going to die. And <laughs> so is he like every other guy in the world? And once we get sick, it's rough. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're on our deathbed mm-hmm. the whole time. Yep. But uh, like he's legitimate. <laughs> he was not feeling good. So he probably isn't aware that he has a wife right now or that she has hair. So, yeah, but yeah, I wore my pearls in, in homage of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. That's and, right. Uh, and by the way, um, yeah, I just saw you had Philip Bowen up. Uh, we're going to have I him know. on the show uh, September 22nd. Check him out. He's a West Virginia guy. But he has an amazing voice, and he is an amazing musician. Well, we got just a minute left here, Marsha. What song from him we want me to play? Of course, he's got the fiddle version of Country oh, Road. You told any, me about Any More. Any More is amazing. Well, we'll go ahead and listen to it. We'll have Philip Bowen take us out again, a West Virginia guy. But if you missed any of the Panhandle, or of Panhandle Live this morning, you can listen back to it a little bit later on over on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. And, of course, Panhandle Live on Facebook and Spotify. But for Marsh Kavalik, I'm Jordan Ice Warner. It's been Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a great weekend. Again, this is Philip Bowen, and we will talk to you on Monday. I've been blue because it stopped telling time a week ago. I took it in and this old man couldn't find the parts to fix it He said, son, I guess they just don't make them like that anymore A WVRC Media Station
We're proud to live here too.